to Beyond the Ring, a podcast that covers all things in the stock show industry from the informative to the insane, starring Ryan Rash. It takes nothing to join the crowd. It takes everything to stand alone. And Dale Hummel. Just one positive thought in the morning can change your whole day. Now on with the show. Welcome to Beyond the Ring. This is Dale Hummel, along with co-star Ryan Rash. Hello, hello, hello. Hey, Ryan, I guess current events could get pretty eventful today. Well, the world is a shit show. So, I mean, it's kind of how, how it is. I don't, I don't even know where to start, but I'm going to throw impeachment out. Is that a good place? Well, since it's happened for the first time twice in history, I guess that's a nice place to start. Good job, Dale. Way to go. I'm giving you a standing ovation. I appreciate it. And, you know, I, I had to do a little research because I was unclear the true definition of impeachment, and then it gets even cloudier when somebody like Nancy Pelosi comes out and says, well, if President Trump is impeached twice, that's a nail in the coffin, and he cannot run for re-election. That is not a that's not true, accurate. Though. No. By, it has to by be a conviction. A conviction with it. but And even then, it's a little cloudy because even if he were to be convicted in the Senate, which I, I don't believe he'll get two-thirds of the vote, we only need – Fifty percent of the vote in the House for the impeachment to take place. And well, that happened. Two thirds approved. Ten Republicans voted with the Democrats. That happened today. It's done. Yes. Now we need two thirds approval in the Senate, and even after the Senate changes hands or goes to it, I guess it changes hands because Harris will be the tiebreaker. But it's still just fifty-one fifty. Yeah, there there would have to be significant number of Republicans jump ship, and I, and I don't I don't think that's going to happen. So for the president to be removed from office, a conviction has to take place, and for him not— He's already going to be gone. <laughs> he is, and for the—what I think Nancy's trying to get at is she's trying to prevent him from running again by hoping that convention takes place. But again, it, would, it could go to the courts and get very—it's a very gray area because there's different interpretation. However, it is, it is confusing— Unfortunately, there is a provision in our Constitution that has been discussed by some of the scholars that I fear may be implemented. I do not think President Trump has done anything that would justify allowing this provision to be invoked. However, it seems at this time in our history, partisan politics overrides the truth and the simple, clear facts. The provision is Section 3 of the 14th Amendment that states, Insurrection or Rebellion Against the Constitution is a standard to invoke this amendment. This was put in place after the Civil War to prevent Confederate soldiers, officers, politicians from holding public office. And and that one, if they wanted to push it through, now I don't believe it's I don't believe it could be just, but I at this point Well that's what they they, impeached him for though. Yes, but they did not invoke this provision to my knowledge. Oh, okay, I'm with you. I'm like, that's what But it it appears as though that 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 loophole or that provision that was put in place right after the Civil War, if they chose to, and obviously they've been made aware of it, that's one that I don't believe that he did that, in my opinion, and everybody's going to have a different opinion, but I don't think it matters. I think if they have the votes to do it, and I know I do not know if that would be similar to the impeachment process where it's a 50% if it has to be two-thirds yeah, or what, yeah. I didn't get a chance to look that up deep enough to see where that goes, but I did want to make sure to clarify for everybody, impeachment is nothing more than the majority in the House. The conviction is two-thirds in the Senate. 
If that were to happen, it's a gray area whether he can run again. If they invoke Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, then he's screwed. But not not a good place to be. Well, and again, that's two years away, and God knows what will happen by then. And here's the thing. They're trying to do everything they can so he can't run again, and I get that and whatever. Whether it's legal, I don't even know if they think they can legally prevent him from running again. It's more if we can just trash him and tarnish him as much as possible, then maybe he won't. And if he does, then he won't be able to win. But like a couple of thoughts on that. So first and foremost, I'm not, I don't know where the Republican party's head is right now. It's clearly not thinking straightly, but other than that, I, I think there are a lot of very talented, bright, upcoming Republicans. Your mistress from South Dakota, Nikki Haley, some of the Trump children, there's lots of people out there that are good. And I I think they, at some point, would make fine presidents, vice presidents, and all these things. There is no one in the next four years that has the following that Trump does. He got 75 million votes. That's more than any sitting president in history. That's more than anyone else other than supposedly Joe ever. Trump's votes were real. No one gave him extra votes. Unless Trump says this person, XYZ, is the anointed one, it's not going to work. No, that has that has to happen. If he's not running himself, that has to happen. He would have to wholeheartedly, like put, he would have to do all the campaigning he did for himself for this other person. Correct is what I'm saying. He I would agree. have to hold the rallies, be at the rallies, and it would have to be for this other person. Now, before I get there, also if the GOP just says we're not going to let him run, we're not going to whatever, we're not putting him on all that other. There is nothing saying he cannot run as an independent. Some people want to have the party of Trump. I don't think they would call it that, but they want to have, there's serious talk in this country about having an, another party. That is a very bad idea. That does not work. I didn't say it was a good idea, Dale. I said it's a real does not work. thing that's going on. But if any common sense is put into play, that can't happen because you divide that party. Do you think there's a lot of common sense being put into play right now, sir? I do not. Okay. <laughs> Solve I have some, that. <laughs> I have some polls for you. Ryan and I discussed this earlier, and Ryan made it, the, the visionary. We're going to refer to him as the visionary today. That's because... I'm always right. Seldom He's making wrong a and never prediction that, that the polls on everything that's taken place this past week or since the election probably were a little more in Trump's favor than what a lot of the public would think. He, Well, and the reason I said that is because, especially since the siege of the Capitol last Wednesday, you've seen no polling data that said Trump is the reason that the Capitol riots happened. Trump should not be in office. Trump should be impeached. If all of that polling data was out there, that's all you would see. On You would hear it all day and night. All day and night. It's not there. If it supported that If cause. it supported their narrative, because that's what they want. And that's why I said, they've done those polls. I know they've done those polls. 
but they don't want them out there because it's not what they want to hear. I have those. Go ahead, Dale. 91% of Trump supporters would vote for Trump again for president as of two days ago, or this week, we should say. So after all the issues at the Capitol. So that's 91 of 75 million. That's pretty good. Only 5% would openly admit that they would switch from President Trump to Biden. So there, there's there's a couple percent there that just don't know where they're going, not necessarily going to Biden. That's not very many considering the shit show that's been taking place. No. That's that's pretty solid. I, I would have honestly thought that those that were kind of in the middle might have just went into nowhere land. But they're holding – I mean, I, you know that the diehards are there. I just didn't realize that those in the middle section to the more liberal section of the, the Republican Party are holding holding true much harder than I thought they would. And when Dell and I discussed this earlier, what I told him is I think a great deal of what happens in the next two years because tech, I mean, there will be talk of who's running for president and that will be out there and stuff like that. But really, the presidential race doesn't start till after the midterm elections. And until that happens, and we have no idea what these crazy-ass demon rats are going to try to push across in the next two years and how much they're going to try to infringe on our liberties, our freedoms, all this other stuff, how they play this is going to have a big effect on the next presidential election and who runs. Most, and like, the one thing that I will say about them I think that they are feeling so emboldened and so powerful. I think they're going to like overplay their hand. I agree. I have more data for you. Go ahead. Not a lot more. 67% believe if the votes were counted correctly, that President Trump wins. Over almost 70%. Oh, Jesus Christ. Now, I'm assuming that is of the Trump voters. It wasn't made clear there, but I'm assuming of the Trump voters. No, because— I did see a poll that said 85% of Republicans think it was rigged. So I'm saying that's... I have that number. And there was a poll that said 13% of Democrats thought it was rigged. So I bet that 67% is everybody. And I've got it. I pulled up 78% saying it's rigged or stolen. But I mean, his porters run deep and I'm I'm there because if you sit back, there, there is nobody that would have held as strong as he did across the board in terms of policy and dealing with putting America first, period. It's not going to happen. He's not in the swamp. He's everything that Washington politics is pretty much against. Other than coronavirus, which I don't think anybody, not even the idiot Democrats, blame him for it. They want to say he mishandled it, all that stuff. But he didn't do that. China. China! Put that out into the world. The biggest mess up that he has had in his entire four years was this event last Wednesday. And I know we offended some people last week. And look, let me just state something for you people that got offended. Oh, my. Whether it was what I said or how I said it or anything of us like this. I'm going to tell you something real fast and you need to listen and you need to learn. You can't look like me, act like me, dress like me, and put yourself in a livestock show ring almost every 
damn weak and not offend people and not get some of the nastiest comments in the history of the world. I have the thickest skin of any SOB I know. And so y'all need to get more creative with your insults is all I'm going to say. <laughs> I You just need to leave that alone. I listened to that entire speech that Trump said. He never said, now go to the Capitol and seize it and break shit and jump up scale walls. None of that was there. He said very plainly, we are going to the Capitol and we are going to cheer on the people that stand with us and peacefully protest the people who basically were going to sell him out in the electoral college vote process. And he never told them to do that. And the the reason, not just because I heard that with my own ears, the reason I know it's true is on any of this media coverage, whether it was on the mainstream media, Facebook, any of this social media, you never once heard a clip of Trump saying, go do X, Y, and Z, because it's not there. And if it was there, they would have played it five million times by now. Agreed. There, there's no question Trump did not want that to happen. However, I'm going to step in and, and, and maybe step on toes again. I don't know. I wasn't finished, but go ahead. How many Antifa or Black Lives Matters or plants or whatever you want to call them, I'm not saying they weren't there. I don't know. I don't have that information. I, there's a lot of conspiracy theories and, and maybe not even conspiracy. There's just theories on, on those being there. And if, if they were, they put a lot of thought into it. And it was well orchestrated, if that's the case. And, and maybe there were some there. I, I don't have knowledge of that. I, I, it doesn't, would not shock me if they were. But unfortunately, the true Trump supporters that were there, because they were angry the, the election was stolen, they they let the emotions go further than maybe they should because they we, got caught up in the moment. They did, and, and you can't argue that. It, and anybody that wants to tell me that the thousands of people that scaled that wall and that there weren't Trump supporters in there, well, you're living in fairy tale land, and I hope you like it because. There were, I don't know for a fact that any true Trump supporter actually busted into the Capitol, stole Pelosi's laptops, broke down the doors, or any of that. But I am telling you, I witnessed that whole event, and there were lots of people that were, that breached the area that you're supposed to on the Capitol, waving, and they weren't doing anything besides standing there waving a Trump flag, all that stuff. I didn't see him go in there. I don't know who went in there. I don't think any of us know how many people actually broke in and went into the Capitol. And maybe they were Antifa or whoever or plants. or. But for people to think that the masses that scaled that wall and surpassed that perimeter weren't Trump supporters, okay, I'm going to tell you you live in la-la land again. And I and I and I'm not sure. I understand the anger. I understand the reasoning. And and I do believe that that if the votes were counted correctly, it is my belief that Trump wins. And I don't have another option. Same. I I don't know. I think they're out of options and that was all the emotions got carried away and that's all they, they thought would well, help. People and, are but, pissed off. I'm pissed yeah. off too, but 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 in hindsight we we've 
beat up on these rioters and looters uh, for how long, Ryan? Since it started. And that's the since whole the thing. When we are sitting yeah. here talking about how horrible the rioting and the looting in all of these cities have been and how destructive and devastating it is to business owners, how it's against everything America stands for. What happened last Wednesday is the same. And so you can't say that's like, then we would be the, sorry, Democrats, because the Democrats thought it was perfectly fine for them to bust windows and steal and all that because it was in what they wanted. Now, when the people that we stand with and we believe and their beliefs do something wrong, we have to be the ones that say, you know what, that's not right as well. Or we're just hypocrites. I agree. I, I think that's that's. And again, if that offends anybody, I'm real sorry. Go listen to some other podcast. I'm fine with it. And you know that that takes us in. There, there is some hypocritical things taking place right now, right now as we speak, and it shocked me. Oh, don't even get me on Twitter and Twitter and Facebook and. <laughs> I'm 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 going to take that path just briefly. Google owns YouTube. Facebook owns Instagram. Who came out? and kick Trump off of social media we had or and or I mean all the platforms basically what happens to parlor this week that parlor th- there's no more parlor they're gone they've disappeared and and I'm sure people already are aware of this their platform was hosted by some of the powers uh that we're talking about Amazon Apple Google And you know what? When we talk about those names, those three, let's just focus on those three, Amazon, Apple, and Google. I am as unhappy with them as any company I've ever been involved with purchasing or or supporting or whatever my dollars have done. And I yet, I said here today, as we record, we're going through Google Chrome to record this podcast. I've been on my damn iPhone all day long, and I spent money on Facebook today. Where does that put us? It's a tangled web we weave, but I'm just going to tell you, I agree with you with what you say that we're in a terrible predicament, but you ain't going to take away either one of my phones. No, that's just all there is I, I, if they're, I mean, you always say they're too big to fail. I'm so in sorry. my mind, these, these, I mean, it would be very, very difficult to avoid Amazon, Facebook, Google, Apple, um, those, those that are collaborating, the social media giants. And when you combine them with the mainstream media, this becomes a hurdle that will not soon be overcome by the conservative fraction of the, of the population. And it scares me. I'll be real honest. Y'all can, I, I could live without Facebook and Instagram and I, I'm on Twitter, but I don't tweet and Twitter or whatever all that is. I, I look at it because again, kind of like TikTok, there's some hot people on there. But anyway, uh, y'all can go <laughs> take all that away. I would be really upset if Snapchat got taken away. But I draw the y'all can take these laptops, Apple laptops, what y'all take my phones away, I'm gonna have a problem. I'm just saying. <laughs> but that's that's part of it. They're 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 we're too engrossed into the, I mean, they've become that big in this monopoly. There is a very minimal chance that the monopoly and fractions of the social media giants will be addressed in any matter when the Dems take control of the House, the Senate, and the White House. In turn. If these mega media giants continue to limit conservative content, and they're going to, and allow liberals to get their message out, the chance of ever regaining control of the White House and or the Congress, it's going to be increasingly more difficult. It's, it's the censorship to the level that you've, you only hear about in other countries. You never think it can happen here. 
but they have made a choice. And I, it is my belief that these media giants, when they side with the Democrats, all of a sudden, when they're in bed with them, how are they going to come back? I'm not saying there aren't individuals within the Democratic Party that are going to be avidly upset and against this, but the bulk of them realize that keeps them in power because they're going to continue to beat down that conservative message. And there, there is literally no – the outlet is gone. It is it's just gone. I, I have no idea how the message is going to get out accurately and fairly from this point on under these circumstances. It's concerning. I'm I'm not saying that everything that you just said is not a huge issue and a huge hurdle. Ryan, I have to post in code when I put a Facebook post up. For the I Ray. know. Would you? And there's, that is ridiculous. That is censorship um, to the max. Yes, sir. Uh, can, can I at least finish my thought here? Oh. I think that is a problem. I think it is issue. I think it is a hurdle. I also think that the more they do that, and the more that they let people like Kathy Griffin, who holds up a bloody Trump head saying she wants to kill him, but they won't let President Trump be on these things, and the more that they let the liberals on one side and the fanatics on one side post, but won't let the one... And there there are crazy people on both sides, people, left and right. Now, that's just all there is to it. And they won't let not only the crazy people on the right post, but they won't even let, you know, the more moderate... me. 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 You know, not out there people post. That That is something that Americans take as a fundamental freedom, which is freedom of speech. And the more they censor it and the more they toy with it and the more they tamper with it and twist it, I have to believe that that will resonate in almost all the large majority of this country, whether they're Democrat, Republican, or independent. And I don't think that's going to sit well. Because again, we, we are at a time in this country's history that we never thought we would be at. And it is probably the darkest time ever and definitely the most unprecedented time ever. But I believe that you have to have faith. Because if you lose faith, then you lose everything. And I'm not telling you that I'm looking through rose-colored glasses and I believe that there's a rainbow sitting outside and there's a unicorn eating underneath it, all that. I No, that's not it. But I do believe that history will show you, and history repeats itself, that more times than not, Right overtakes wrong and good overtakes evil. I hope and pray you are correct. You're giving a lot of hope there, and you're giving a great deal of credit to the American public, and I, and I want to do the same. I am concerned that human nature, history has proven, when you tell them something over and over again, they continue to hear those lies. At some point, they start to believe them. That is my fear. I mean— Let's talk about something positive in current events, and we're already way long on current events, but let's talk about Oklahoma City and the Cattlemen's Congress. It was a great show. It's still going on, but it was a great show. I, I'm going to make a, a couple comments, and, and obviously it was 
sprung up because Denver had canceled and or postponed whatever the the technical terminology was for that. But the the size and magnitude and the many cattle that came through that particular show, and it is still going on, it's pretty hard for me to wrap my head around the level of organization it took to start that from ground zero and and pull that off. And I would want to compliment them in terms of getting in and out, the procedures there. Everything that I was personally involved with went very smooth. It was very accommodating. I can't say that it was it was like they've been having the show for many years and you know behind the scenes they're scrambling and I'm sure there's a lot of issues that they had to deal with that I was unaware of. But for this large of an event, it was well organized, it was user friendly. That was a daunting task to pull together, but they did a great job. And I commend all of those behind the scenes that helped organize that show put that show on everything. And I think this is proof that we are in one of the most resilient industries on the planet. And the level-headed, common-sense approach will prevail in this industry and will continue to have events like this, irregardless of where they are, if they're new, if they're old. I don't, I don't think it matters. No. And I mean, like, again, if I wore a hat, I'd take it off to everybody that had a hand in it. We all know I spend way too much time on my hair for that. So I'll just say, Good job out of boy and girl because it really was. And I mean, they had massive, massive numbers of entries, cattle and exhibitors. And it, as you said, it went off pretty much without a hitch the whole way through and it was done in a very short timetable. I don't think it's going to go away. I think it is something that will continue to be here and continue to grow. And uh, again, it's, it is one of these shows that has popped up because of the circumstances that we have been faced with almost for a year now, and this is one that I think will flourish, and that's great. No, the the more the better, and, and it, it just, I find it hard to believe after the success this year that it'll just disappear after COVID, that that is not going to happen. So I don't know where the conflict comes in and dates and times and hauling livestock and, and so forth between Denver and Oklahoma City, but this, this, I, and I have not spoken to any of the officials there. I have, I have no actual knowledge. I just cannot imagine that it's going to go away. And Ryan alluded to the numbers. And I wish I could get a hold of the numbers maybe by next week. I, I'd heard in the, the Angus show alone, the numbers far surpassed what they've ever had in Denver. And that's, that's a testament that people want to get out and do this. And you know what I felt, Ryan, at, at Oklahoma City? And to me, it's good because it almost gives me a sense of normality. I feel like we're we're getting back to a regular life when you're around like-minded people. I'm not saying that that people weren't wearing masks and I think it was a good idea, especially in the show ring area. Ryan and I have talked all about this and it wasn't made real clear where you should wear a mask and where you shouldn't. And some people wore them everywhere. Some people just wore them up around the show ring uh, area. And I heard here recently towards the end of the show, there were some issues with that and the health department had to come in, but I, I think it's still going. I think everything's going to get pulled off, but I'm, I commend them. And uh, it's good to end on a positive thing in our current events because there was plenty of negative this week. We've been saying since all this started, there's a lot of new shows pop up. Some of them are going to be good and well-run and organized and flourish, and I think this is one of them. Some of them aren't going to be as good and probably won't have the numbers to continue and stay. And some of those when state fairs come back and or the county fair comes back, they were only meant to fill a void. And that's just part of all of it. But 
this is kind of like uh, my take on all this, on these new shows coming in and the ones staying. It is like when I go to pack to go somewhere. I like options. So I take as much as I can put in my bag or in my, you know, Batgirl mobile or whatever. I like options. And so the more <laughs> options we have, yay, absolutely. Options and competition do what? They make it only makes people try harder. Yeah, it's perfect. I'm 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 excited about the future of this industry and it's going to continue to grow and be very resilient and with the vaccines being distributed, I don't think by late spring, summer, I don't think we'll have these issues in terms of what shows are canceled and what shows are not. But it'll be nice to get to that point. Absolutely. It's time to jump into the main topic. Mm-hmm. It does fit in line with what we've been talking about. It's a very sensitive. A different type of politics, but it is <laughs> very sensitive. And again, I'm sure we're going to fend some people, and that is not our goal. But anyway, here no, we go. Our- our intentions are to be as honest and as transparent as possible for long-term benefit of the industry. And I want everybody to remember that as we move into this, our intentions are to be as honest and transparent as possible for the long-term benefit of the industry. We promise to take on the difficult topics, and this one has been more requested, at least to me and through our Facebook page, than I think than any other topic. Would you agree with that, Ryan? There's no doubt this has been the the topic that everybody wants us to talk about. And I mean, we've had more people say, hey, you need to do this via whether it's Facebook, text message, Snapchat, or in person, all that. And like, it's it when Dale and I first discussed having this podcast in Arizona over a year ago, this was one of the issues that I wanted to tackle head on. But I agreed with Dale that you need to let your audience grow and all this other stuff. And there needs to be a time and place for everything. I thought that time and place was going to be the very first <laughs> session of, you know, 2021. And then, you know, the world went to hell. So we kind of had to do something else. But here we are. And so uh, th- this, it's not here to offend anybody. It's not to point fingers at anybody. It's just to put this out there because while people want us to talk about it and go on record for it, and y'all know that that's what we're fixing to do, I don't think there's a lot of other people that are willing to. And we're going to be openly, we're going to openly discuss what it is. And Ryan, why don't, why don't you lead us into it? And I think you and I are going to agree because we have talked about this, which is very unusual for a lot of our topics. But I, I don't think that you're going to get Ryan and I arguing a whole lot on this topic. Well, and politics in the show ring is something that is there. And I'm also going to say politics is in Little League or figure skating or any competitive event that has a referee, an umpire, or a judge. And it's not that the livestock show industry created this scenario. That's just kind of part of life. And so some of it is just kind of baked in the cake. But also, there are things that need to be discussed and we can talk about. And y'all know, I've stated on here many and many a time that I... I am not a hypocrite. I can't stand to be hypocritical. And so I want to state from the beginning, I am very well aware that probably times when I was a junior exhibitor, I know times since I have been brokering and selling animals and things like that, that I have probably been favorited or been the benefactor 
of politics in the show ring. At the same time, I'm also going to say it has hurt me and those that have helped way more times than it helped. But the most important thing that I want to get across here at the beginning is I never went to somebody or sent word to someone said, hey, you know what? If this goes well, then the next time I sort or something, I've never done that. And so I can talk about this openly and honestly because I know what I have and have not done, and I have never gone down that road. But I'm also not going to say that it hasn't worked in my favor, and I'm also not going to tell you that it hasn't been used to take me or one of my kids out before because it has happened. And I'm going to jump in. I'm even going to take the word probably out. I'm going to go a little further. My children or clients that we've worked with or our genetics, I'm sure have been on the, the positive end of politics at certain shows. I'm also very confident, as Ryan is, that we've been on the other end. We've, we've seen both sides of it, and it sure would be nice if we could just eliminate that and just move forward. I don't know how to do that, but we're going to talk about some of the options today. And, and we're not naive enough to think that our discussion today is going to change all that. But if we can open some minds and get it out there and publicly talk about it and talk about it with each other, hopefully we can move the right direction. Hopefully that helps. and. We've both been on both sides of it. It is what it is in terms of being a part of our industry. And I wanted to add to one thing that Ryan talked about. It's in, it's in figure skating. It's in Little League. It's, it's everywhere. But we get so engrossed in the stock show industry. And, and sometimes that's all we think about day and night. We think, well, politics has just invaded this. And we don't realize it's everywhere, literally. So we, we've got we, we, we to cut ourselves a little bit of a break in terms of recognizing it's not simply a stock show, livestock show ring issue. And, you know, I I don't know what the answer is to clean it up totally and remove it as much as humanly possible from our industry. But again, I think putting the topic out there and having it be on the minds of people. and, And again, I'm not patting ourselves on the back, but like, Podcasts are a relatively new form of media and stuff, but like no one has really ever taken on this topic. And so I do think having it out there is going to help because anytime you talk about things, whether people are for you or against you, if it's out there, it's going to get translated in different ways and pe- more people are going to discuss it. And the only way to get change or to affect change is to get the ball rolling and get the ball started. And that's kind of where this is at. And one thing that we've said that the other thing is I'm going to be the first to tell you that I think politics gets yelled and screamed a lot more times than it actually happens. And I think the first thing about making trying to clean this area of the stock show industry up is that if every single one of us would be more careful and discerning when they decided to claim politics, whether it is a text message, a social media post, or a face-to-face conversation or anything like that, if we were more careful when we use that term, well, that was pure politics that happened right there. Then that stigma would be more effective 
because now it just gets screamed out a whole lot of times when you get beat. And none of us like to get beat. If we like to get beat, we wouldn't do this. But it needs to only be referenced when it truly is something that is real. Because if everybody's screaming politics, then nobody cares. And so I think that needs to be out there. And I, I'm, I do think for this topic to be effective, it's got to be applied when it matters and when it's accurate. Absolutely correct. And it's easy. Us as breeders, as brokers, as somebody involved or tied to that showman or that animal, we can get barn blind. We can we can want to make up whatever excuse it is, and that's the that's the easy route. And we hear it. And and because we cry wolf so much as exhibitors and yell the word politics, whether it's relevant or not, it's an easy way to, to say, well, this judge knew that person. It just it's an easy excuse and, and it it gives you that satisfaction. Well, maybe I could have won if it was fair. It does exist, but I would venture to guess, Ryan, if we go all the way down to the county fair level and the jackpots all the way up to the national shows, because there's so many more of the county fair level shows in a situation where, in my opinion, that's where we hear it screamed as much as anywhere, even as much as we do at the national show. Those county fairs, they get emotional. They get intense. I mean, you'd think it would be the opposite, and I'm not saying it's not screamed at the, the higher levels and not happening at the higher levels, but it goes all the way through the ranks. And that emotion that, that gets involved into that, that county fair and, and yelling politics is, is a, a manner of, of excusing why we didn't win. It, it's happening all too often, and, it, and it's, it's difficult, very, very difficult to cry wolf that often and never have it resonate when it's really needed. Right. On this topic, I don't think that there's a person that is going to listen to this podcast that has not seen it actually go down in a show ring, whether it's county fair or national show. I don't think it matters. It, it Wherever it happens, it's not right, and it shouldn't. And we've we've witnessed it when an animal wins, and everybody talked about beforehand that that animal was going to win because of X, Y, and Z. And so we knew that possibility was there. And when we watched it go down in the show ring, and then we listened to the sorter, whoever he or she may be, give their reasons on that animal. And either they weren't accurate or they were too forgiving or they flat just didn't say what was wrong with that animal. And just, you know, filled us all full of BS and said, that's the winner. Then you immediately knew that everything that was talked about before and thought about before and all that was right. Because they cannot justify accurately why that animal gets to win. And so we've been there and we've seen it. And it does happen. And I want people to know that I understand it does happen. And it never needs to happen. And again, getting this topic out there and discussing it and putting it into the spotlight is a way to start that ball rolling. But you've also got to go back to the fact that sometimes we just get beat by a better one or sometimes judges just didn't like the kind you have. But I do know it happens. I've witnessed it more times than I want to. And it also doesn't just happen 
on, I'm going to use this person to win. It happens in a variety of different ways. And it just doesn't, it, it normally is just not one animal. It is maybe so-and-so wants XYZ to win. Well, ABC brought in a great one and they're not going to get beat. So that one gets put third and they say something like, this one's got to be first or third. And like we've talked about before, or somebody they don't know comes in with one that they know is better than the one that they need to use for whatever reason. And they just take that one out. It's not as easy as I'm going to use this person to win and nobody else is affected. Because when that happens, it's real blatant and it's real obvious. And those people don't normally get asked to sort a lot of times. There are people out there that can have a little more finesse. And so, again, it's not as easy as this person won. There are a lot more people involved and infected. No, and it's disheartening is what I want to use. All the kids involved and the hours in the barn and just the immense amount of time, effort, capital, everything's put into it. And on occasion, and I think it's fewer times than not, especially fewer times in what we screen politics. But as Ryan stated, it is happening at every single level. And when it does happen, it's very frustrating that those kids that busted their butt, did everything they possibly could do, truly don't even have a chance to win. And that is the most disheartening thing I can think of. I can think of examples, and we can go down a lot of ways, and we're never going to use names or shows or anything like that. But think of it this way, and and Ryan obviously judges a lot of shows. I'm beginning to judge more shows and, and kind of sit on the sidelines for a while. But it, it's it's a, a it's human nature. It's a, a fact of life that if we're out there judging or you have the parents of a, a particular child showing in one show, that judge uses that, that child, and all of a sudden it's reversed and it's the opposite. We're showing under the parent of the young man or, or girl that just won. Whether they deserve to win or not, it looks bad and politics are going to be screamed. Sometimes is it a favor? Yeah. Sometimes it's not. And being able to distinguish the difference makes the waters pretty muddy and it becomes very, very difficult. But there's lots of different reasons. And there's when you tie in the financial aspect and what some of these market animals are bringing as prospects, and you think about how different camps are starting to have more and more control and more and more power. My fear is as we build these camps or even breeders, we, we go out and support all of our, our customers or clients as best we can. It's just difficult for what I call that independent or that individual to break through all these things. And, and not just politically because the others have so much assistance and so much help and so much guidance. And that's real. I mean, you can scream politics. You can say, well, that camp's going to win or this camp's going to win. Well, guess what? They have everything on their side. They have that that political tie or connection because they're so large. They have the infrastructure and protocols in place and enough people to assist all those clients that it's difficult to overcome that as what we'd call an independent. Does that make any sense, Ryan? That, that independent showman is becoming more and more difficult to win on the national scale. No, I, th- I think that's right. And I think that's true. And uh, like you said, it's disheartening. And I know a lot of people aren't going to understand this or like that I say this, but 
for a lot of people out here, this is a business. This is a way of life. And so it is more than just putting an animal in a kid's hand and hoping the best for them. It is, I have to have results. So more people want to buy my stock and at higher prices so I can create a better livelihood for my family. And that plays a role in it. And again, not saying that justifies anything, but that element is there. Absolutely. And I want to make one statement that very good people will do bad things when they have no choice financially and a manner to provide for their family. When you're talking about things like this, and this goes back to kind of one of the points at the beginning, talking about when politics get screamed and stuff, I want to be very clear that, yes, politics does happen, but there's a big difference in politics and then someone or several someones knowing the type and kind that said judge likes and bringing that type and kind to that show and ends up winning. Because I am known for being consistent. I use the same kind as much as I can. I am the one when I have to sacrifice something that I don't like in a class or a breed, I am the first one to call it out and say, this one is not right up front, but in this class, that's the one that needs to win because X, Y, and Z. People watch me judge enough, and I've been in this business my whole life. I do have friends, people. I know a lot of people don't think I do because I'm pretty much known as a raving bitch, but I do have some friends. And the people that know you or that have watched you judge, if they're smart and do their homework, then they know what kind to bring to you. So, yes, I have used the same person to win shows. I've used lots of different people this multiple times. When you judge as much as I do, that's going to happen. I've also beat every single one of those people, probably at least once. But I know that when I was doing this, the judges that were consistent, I would find the animal that we had on feed or go out and find the best animal for that person and take that animal and feed that animal for that judge. And we had a lot of success. It wasn't because of politics. It was just I played the game and I knew what that person wanted. So I did my best to bring what they wanted to them in the ring. And so that is something that needs to be put out there because a lot of times when the lines do get blurred, it's not so much that it was politics. It's they know what that person wants and is going to use and they bring that animal to them. So I do want to put that out there. No, and and that's perfect, Ryan. It is oftentimes that the most consistent judges, those that are judging a lot of shows, and it's easy to find that path. And I I, I can use you as an example, Ryan. If I'm taking a goat to you, a heifer to you, what it doesn't matter to the species. It's easy. I have A, B, and C in the barn, and maybe A and B just don't work for you. So I simply take C. And if I don't have one in the barn that fits you, there's no reason to go if you don't want to just participate. But it is drop-dead easy to hit you across species. And I think that situation, and I'm, I'll use you as an example, I am sure, and you, you admitted to it, there's 
there's certain genetics or certain kids or certain managers behind those kids. They know you well enough. They're going to bring you exactly what you want. And under those circumstances, there's going to be politics screen because you've used that same genetic base, that same fitter, that same manager, or that same kid multiple times because they were smart enough to know exactly what to bring to you. And that that part there is unfortunate because I think if we had more consistency, Scott Griner would be, be another one that we had on our podcast. Am I going to take the same animal to Scott that I take to Ryan? I can do it, but it's not going to work out very well. I'm not going to put one on feed that I like or I would use when I go to show to Scott Griner. And I've, I've been very successful showing steers under Scott Griner. <laughs> perfect, perfect example. And you, you took him and we're not, Scott, we're not picking on you, I promise. No. You took him animals that you were probably, you may have had one that you liked considerably better in the barn. Right. But I knew that wouldn't fit him. So I took the one that yeah. he would like, or I thought he would like. And that's I not think that's, politics. That's watching a person judge, doing your homework, and playing the game. And that part never gets brought up, people. No. Nobody ever, nobody ever talks about that part. And so, again, we're trying to be transparent on all of it. So let's be transparent about all of it. And, and that is something that is in there. And every judge, and, and they, every judge does not need to have the exact same type and kind in their mind as the rest of the judges out there. We know that we know that judges have different preferences. I'm not saying, and there an are animal, some judges that are just not consistent. Not saying they use bad ones ever, but they just don't use the same good one every type and kind. So every single time, so that's there too. And in those instances, I understand. But when it is somebody that is consistent. And the same kind that that person always uses to win, then I don't think that's politics. I think that's just playing the game and being smart about it. And you know what? Why are, why are we in this business? When we talk about the stock show industry and we're talking about building kids and preparing them for adulthood and all the positives come along with it. Well, making intelligent decisions and adapting and taking that animal to fit that judge or seeking out the show that you think your animals are going to get along the best because that is the type that, that that particular judge likes and it fits that judge very well. That's all part of life. We need to make those life decisions later. And that's simply doing your homework and making an intelligent choice. And don't we want our children to learn how to do that? I think there is no better program in the country or the world to raise your kids because it gives them the tools to succeed in the game of life. And there are no participation trophies given out in the game of life. At least not yet. Now this that may change. But as of right now. <laughs> and even I'm gonna I'm gonna say it. In the 4-H world, the progression that we've made in 4-H and extension here, everybody wins. We 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 even have situations in our state contests, and we have some individuals involved that don't want to declare a champion team or a champion oh, individual. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, that 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 I'm going to speak out very strongly against. Competition is life. And if we don't teach these children that they have to compete, they're not going to be able to compete as well in life. Now, some people may choose not to compete fiercely, and that's fine. They're probably going to live a longer, less stressed life, but they may not find some of the successes that others would like to achieve. You know, another part of politics in the show ring is not something that is contrived or planned or 
happens beforehand. And again, I don't know if this gets talked about enough, but in the world and age that we live in, the large majority of us are active on at least one social media platform, multiple social media platforms. And so people post winning picks or clipped picks or baby picks of, or getting ready for show picks of all these animals and, oh, we're getting ready to go show show or, you know, this one won this show and all this stuff. And we all see them. I'm not saying that those are, sometimes they are put up there specifically in the hopes that the guy judging the show or the gal judging the show next week sees that and knows that person's coming. A lot of it is so every possible judge can see that animal and see that it's been, you know, on a hot streak or it's been victorious or it's been a winning one. And a lot of times at a lot of shows, and I'm not just saying the county fair level or the jackpot level, sometimes at national shows, there are people in the ring that let that influence how they sort. And that is a form of politics too. Because just like you were talking about that independent exhibitor, Dale, they're probably never going to be that one that you see on your news feeds or see on the websites or all that. But there are people out there that when that one comes in, that they've never seen that person, they've never seen that animal, they're like, okay, now is that one really as good as I think it is? Because I don't know who that is. That happens every day. And that is a form of politics. I'm not saying it's a malicious form of politics like the ones we've talked about before, but that is a form of politics as well. And I'm not telling anybody not to post the pictures of their kids winning or whatever. I'm just saying that's there. And it's no, and and, and it's real and it's human nature. And that judge isn't doing it consciously. They're just thinking, wow, I, I, I think this is a really good one, but. I've got A, B, and C out here that have shown really good ones for a long time, and it and it plays into the whole thing. And maybe that's I, I don't know how to explain it. I think a lot of judges they, that uh, a good one walks in, they have no idea who it is. They're going to grab right a hold of it, but that doesn't mean it didn't go through their mind. Where did where did this one come from? And so that that's another facet of this whole discussion that is out there. And again, I don't know how much. People talk about that, but that is just part of it as well. And then this is probably where I'm going to offend a lot of people. And again, I've, I've got real thick skin and big, broad shoulders, and so I'm fine. But I think that it is a real common and accepted theory that if it is close, it is acceptable to use your friends when you're out there judging. Again. I call that I call that the old school politics, not necessarily where we're at right now. But I think that's a common and accepted theory. Whether you want to say it's old school or whatever, I I, I think that's that's the politics that I I have seen over my lifetime that has always been present. And at one time, that was, I mean, that was the majority. That was it. Now we we can go into into big shows, Ryan, and I, I'm going to go off the deep end here on you. We can go into big shows, and you mentioned earlier, we can predict who's going to win that show well in advance. And if they do it with a good one, so be it. They're still going to scream politics, but so be it. I can accept it. I hope they're smart enough when they're that politically connected that they're smart enough to take a good enough one. Sometimes they don't. <laughs> no, and that is that is the 
the most blatant abuse of a judge's power. Is and when, that's, that's what I'm talking about, the malicious part of it. Yes, that, that is the malicious part. You're talking about I'm gonna I'm gonna go back and talk about old school open show cattle shows. And you've got Breeder A judging all his buddies that are out in the ring, all of them. And you've got a decision between first and second that really doesn't it's 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 very close in their mind. Everybody likes something different, but in their mind, it's a toss up. They're gonna give it to their buddy. I'm not saying it's right, but I can accept that level. If there is such a thing of of you have to swallow a little bit and accept a little bit, and it's human nature, the fact that you're going to have to stop and think, well, I do I like this one a little bit better because he's my buddy, or am I just, is it just real? He is just a little bit better. That that's a hard one. I can I can handle a, a flip in first and second if it's truly truly that close. Okay. This other bullshit, malicious whatever you want to refer to it as, I can't do it. I think that's a common form, and I think it's fairly well accepted. It, it shouldn't be accepted. I think it's human nature that we're not going to avoid. I, I want to tell you my take on this, and I have used friends to win shows. I know that I have won shows under friends, but I can only control what I do when I am out there and ask to sort of show. and. We all know that I am extremely weird, and I think about things very differently than most people. I can, I can tune in on that if you'd like me to. <laughs> you can, anytime you want, but let me get this out. And, and I can tune in. You've used friends to win shows. I said that. Yeah? I, I said that. I, I've, had, I've had goats show under you that I thought were very nice goats, maybe not exactly your kind, and you beat the living shit out of me. Yes, I, and you should have brought one that was more my kind. What happened to the friends thing? If you would let me finish my statement and quit <laughs> being ahead. bitter about your goat losing. Then, I knew the goat was going to get beat when he went. But my take on this, and again, I think about things differently and I am weird. I know that it is scientifically proven that the subconscious controls and affects 90% of our decision-making process. And so I can only control when I am the sorter. So when I am out there, in that situation. And it would be one of those, well, you've got a friend out here and you got somebody else. It's close. I am that person that I go in my mind, I run it all through again because I know the subconscious does that. And everybody naturally wants their friends to succeed and do well. So your subconscious is affecting that and wanting you to pull for that animal or use that animal even more than you can even think about on a conscious level. So when I am in that situation, I reevaluate it and run it through my mind again to make sure I am comfortable and in that deal. And that's why I've lost a lot of friends judging shows. And again, I'm okay with that too. But that is my take on it's common that if it's close, choose your friends. And so that part is there for me. And I know people are going to think that that's, he's an absolute whack job. But that's real. And, and, and it may not, like you said, it, it's not even necessarily always conscious. And I think you're fighting against you. And all kidding aside, 
prior to Ryan and I starting this podcast and even afterwards, obviously our friendship and, and communication has grown dramatically over the course of, of the podcast. He has used goats that we've, we've bred. He's used my children to win shows. He's beat uh, goats that we've bred. But every time that I go or recommend one of my clients go, I have a pretty good idea if this one's going to get along or not because it goes right back to that predictability. Ryan is so predictable, it's almost easy. I hate to call it that, Ryan, but it is. And he hasn't won a goat show since we started this podcast, and he is bitter about it. I'm just going to let you know. I am not bitter. I, I don't I don't think that there's been one show up that was exactly your kind. And that, that's I told, being honest. I told him after one show, hey, I just put one of your goats in second, and he even know the goat was there, but I knew it was a humble goat. I could just tell. But anyway, that's... <laughs> But and I believe um, I argued with you that I don't. I did not have one there. I could not and, have been. And I was right, and you were wrong again. But. That, well, not again, but that that one instance, yes. But uh, we'll we'll take that. I think that covers all the things that are involved in it. So the question is: is how do we change it? How do we make it better? How can we affect change in this area? What is the solution? It it requires every single one of us to do better. It requires every Including person. you and I. Yeah, every, I, day. I, every, every single one of us. It requires every person that steps in the ring to sort of show, to really try to be as honest and accurate as they possibly can. It requires everybody that's there at that show participating to hold judges accountable. When they need to be, it takes all of you people, whether you're a broker, a breeder, a mom, a dad, an ag teacher, or enthusiast, you have to go and express your opinion to the people that select the judges. And you got to find out who those people are because some of these national shows, they get sent a list. Maybe they get to choose. Maybe they choose some of themselves. You going and talking to your friend at the show about it isn't going to get us anywhere. Doesn't doesn't do any good at all. You've got to go and express your opinion to the people that make those decisions, whether it's a breed association, your state fair board, national show people. That's who you've got to go to and talk to. And don't be confrontational about it. Just say, I need you to hear me. I do not think the answer is to bash people on social media. Now, that's just me. Serves serves zero purpose in terms of accomplishing our goal. And I, I don't think that's the answer. It happens almost every day. I don't think that's the answer. Going to talk to those people that have the power to affect the change in mass numbers. Just don't take you. Take everybody that believes the same as you do at that show, go and talk to those people. And do it in a calm, professional manner. And tell them, hey, this isn't right. We know it's not right. How do we get this fixed? And have that open discussion. Calm, open discussion with as many people in play as, as, as you can bring to the table. It is going to take those people that I'm talking about that, do make those decisions, whether it is a judge selection committee of a breed association, whether it is the people 
who make the decisions at the county fair, the state fair, or the national show level to research their options, know, talk to people, get their opinions. And it's now time that we don't just go and ask the same five people that we've been asking for 15 years. Hey, do you think... This this wears on me. That right there, Ryan, it, you, you, you hit a very sensitive topic. Unfortunately, and, and again, I appreciate those superintendents. I appreciate everybody that's behind the scenes putting on these shows. But it's hard to imagine unless they grew up, and a lot of them have, those that are making that ultimate decision on what judge comes in, it seems like to me, if somebody breaks through and judges a national show, judges Kansas City, all of a sudden, irregardless the populace or I thought they did a good or a poor job evaluating and consistency, all the things that we 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 discuss, they're likely to judge Louisville, Denver, Arizona. It seems like that train, once it gets on the track, very seldom changes. And that doesn't mean it's always right. Once you break through, you're in, but some of us still can't break through. But but be able to but researching that person, that committee that has that power to hire those judges, if they could put all the effort possible, and I know they can't spend day and night doing it, but talking to others, researching, listening to their exhibitors, everything that you'd want to happen rather than just saying, well, such and such just judges show, let's hire them. I heard somebody said something positive, and that may be right, and it may work really well, but there is no question in my mind the multitude of times that one judge is hired because they were hired at show A first, they continue to move through the process. And some of them are great and it works and it's consistent. It's all, all works out well, but other times it really doesn't. And you just scratch your head and think, how is this happening? And the, the, the first time they were hired, maybe it wasn't for the right reasons. That that's my challenge to those people that make those Talk to more than the same five people that you've been asking for a long time and do the research and all that. And I, another thing, and this gets no traction, and I don't understand why, and people say this is self-serving. And again, I, I don't feel that it is self-serving. I think that in all aspects of the show industry, and I have said this on multiple podcasts, we're one of the few industries that don't believe hard and fast in the theory that the customer is always right. I think that the exhibitors and the families and even the people that sponsor the shows, they need to have a say in who they're going to go show to. And it's as easy as, and I know every show wants to make sure they have quality judges. So put five judges up there and at least let a vote carries some weight in the decision-making process. And you're still controlling who's judging because you're putting those names up there for them to vote from. And again, people are going to listen and say, well, that's because he's so popular at judging. I'm firmly going to tell you that I don't think my name will ever get submitted in that five. And we've discussed all that. So I'll never be voted on anyway. And if I am popular, I've earned that popularity, and I've worked damn hard for it. And Ryan, I I don't know. I I wish I could say here's the perfect process, and everybody uses different processes. Some work better than not, but at least put some more thought into it 
and and do everything you can. And sometimes we get numb to the fact of how much time and effort, the expense, everything that goes into getting that young person in that show ring and wanting to give them a fair shot. And again, I'm not saying select the judges that necessarily like the type of livestock you do, but let's select the ones that we believe are going to do an honest job that ideally are consistent so those that are exhibiting can bring the animal to them if they have it that they think will get along well if they're on the real competitive side. If it's just participation, you still want a judge that's going to go out there and and do as fair of a job as possible. And I don't know, Ryan, I, I don't know what the magic formula is to determine. You're missing one criteria, someone that cares about those kids. Absolutely. And I think, I think that in itself inherently solves the other problems. I know this conversation is going to be lost on some. It's going to be heralded by some. It's going to be cussed and discussed, and that's fine. But it is a real thing that happens. It is something that can be better in our industry. And we can help change it, but it's going to take every single one of us wanting to see that change. It is. And and I'm going to try not to be negative, but in my true belief, as I look past back on, on 30 plus years of paying very, very close attention to the show ring, I believe we've spun to a point where it's more out of control right now than it ever has been in history. And that's not a good place for our industry. It's something that I'm going to take to heart as best I possibly can, the words that Ryan said, that it's going to take each and every one of us to make a conscious effort. We can't cry wolf because we got beat and say it's politics. I can't cry wolf and say such and such family got beat. Well, it's easy for me to say, well, that judge knows such and such, and and just like what you hear every single day. I'm not saying it doesn't happen, and when it does happen, we need to go to those that are hiring the judge, make our our case well-known, and do it in a very professional manner. But as we stated earlier, guess what? Politics is used as an excuse more than it actually happens. And that's a strong statement when I just said it's worse now than it's ever been. And I could go through species by species and explain the camps that are affecting some things, the parents that have their own kids showing that are judging multiple shows and others are going back and forth, to the fact that Ryan talked about some of the financial aspects, how a judge may be tied in one way or another. There's just a multitude of areas. And I'm not saying we can't overcome this. And I know we can. There's no question we can. We all want to be in this industry for a very long time. We all believe that this is a great, the best youth event on the planet. So let's do what we can to make sure everyone has a fighting chance, a fair chance, that we're doing it for the right reasons. It's easy to get sidetracked. It's easy to try to take advantage of every situation you possibly can because it is so competitive out there. You think, wow, I have this chance. Let's 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 just go with it and not worry about the consequences. We cannot be short-sighted. We have to look at the bigger picture. And that's me, that's Ryan, that's everyone. I think that's a great way to sum it up there. Ryan, you you knew this was gonna be maybe challenging. I, I, I think I think we were 
I think we stayed politically correct as best possible. <laughs> I appreciate your honesty, and I'm sure we'll get some questions about this, and you'll get to answer them in question and answer in the next few episodes, and that, that would be enjoyable. Oh, you love the question and answer, which I, I assume is next. It is, oh, and it great. is sponsored by Pope Joy Livestock Transportation. Please follow Pope Joy Transportation on Facebook for their updated routes. Can't say enough positive. Steven checks in with me every time he's going one direction or another, and and things are usually done very, very well. The first question comes from Susan. This one actually has been partially answered in our main topic, but we can clarify, and and I appreciate the question. I have noticed across species that many of the most successful breeders' children are doing a great deal of winning at the national shows. Is it their ability to take good ones to the show that are 100% on point, or is it the face recognition? I think we, we kind of addressed it, maybe not that directly. Maybe not that directly, but again, if you've been in this business for a long time and been successful and your kids are showing, you are going to have an upper hand for a multitude of reasons. Number one, you wouldn't still be in this business if you were just selling average and breeding average ones. You have superior livestock. That's why you've been successful for those many years. And that helps. Just like I stated earlier, every judge, including me, I will tell you, you recognize kids when they come in the ring. Unfortunately, there are people that stand there at the gate to make sure they are recognized or have, I think it was Dan Hogue when he was on here that said he's amazed about the fact that people can spray water onto a hog halfway into the ring and (laughs) stuff like that. And you're going to recognize those people too. I'm going to tell you that a lot of times they win. It's legit because they have been successful. They know what they're doing. They've mastered their craft, et cetera. And just like we talked about earlier, there are going to be times when it doesn't matter if it's a breeder's kid or, someone that's just been wildly successful or whatever, they get the upper hand and they get the advantage because of a lot of different reasons. And then there are some times, like we said, that it was a foregone conclusion before they went there. So the answer to your question is kind of D, all of the above. I I would agree with that. And I can say at the very least what happens when, and I'll use the goat show ring for an example. When one of my daughters walks in the ring, it's more than likely that some of the judges are going to recognize that they've, they've been at other shows or had success. And at the very least, they're probably going to take a second look or just make sure that they've, they've acknowledged that animal and, and made sure they didn't miss it. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm not trying to, to be, yeah, I'm just, it is what it is. So that, and that goes back to the subconscious. Well, if if I'm out there judging a show and, and somebody that's won under me multiple times comes in the ring, I'm I'm not saying I'm not paying attention to everyone that comes in the ring, but I'm darn sure not going to miss that one. So, and I'm not saying that's going to change where that animal ends up, but it's going to get my attention. And and Ryan talks about the subconscious; it's there, it's part of it. But I think Ryan's discussion on that it's 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 all of the above, and there there is no one answer to it. But I, I Susan, I hope that. That kind of helps, and I think you have to look at each individual situation for what it is. We have one more. Dave from Arizona would like to know if the National Western in Denver and the Arizona National are going to happen next year. 
I think that the answer to that is, is they will do everything physically, mentally possible to make those two shows and events happen again. I don't think they wanted them canceled this time. And I think that is what, as of right now, I would think that they would say yes. I would agree with that. And and right before... Uncertain times is kind of like the understatement (laughs) of this world right now. So I can't, you know, say with a hundred... Absolutely, they're going to be back and better than ever before. I think that's their goal. And we should all applaud them and encourage them in their effort and hope that that goal is achieved. I agree 100%. Right before I jumped on, I believe it's Instagram, on my iPhone that I I don't like touching. It kind of burns my hands with everything that's taking place. <laughs> but on my iPhone, on Instagram, I saw a post from Denver. I think Showtime's magazine maybe did an interview with somebody there at Denver and how they're excited about next year and how it's going to be bigger and better. And they're definitely planning on next year and doing everything they can to make it better. And that's, that's wonderful. And, and that's part of what this competition and more shows is going to do for our industry. And I, I'm excited. I, I'm a little sad that the yards are gone in Denver. That, that would get me emotionally when I'd walk, walk through those yards to get to the hill or, or to go look at cattle in the yards. That's, I, I get sentimental about some of those things and, and that's one of them and they're gone. So that, that part's gone. I'm sure the facility will be beautiful. I'm sure it'll be easier in, in some situations. So Denver is planning on coming back, and and I hope they come back bigger and better than ever. We already talked about the Cattlemen's Congress pulling off an event that I am gratefully, deeply appreciative that they jumped in and did that because Denver was one difficult show to try to have a replacement show for under that scale and magnitude. Arizona National, I haven't communicated with them recently, but I can promise you they are full board going ahead, planning for the following year. There is no question in my mind that that staff there at Arizona National is going to do everything they possibly can to come back and and be bigger, better, stronger, everything. And we've always talked about how user-friendly they are. It's kind of exciting to to get everything back and, and let exhibitors decide, do I want to go to the Cattlemen's Congress or the National Western if they're kind of back to or back? Both. Maybe we maybe yeah, maybe we can go to both. Do I want to go to Arizona National or maybe there'll be another show that's popped up? The more, the better. That's where I'm at. I'm the queen of options. I like them. And the visionary. <laughs> right. Yes. Yes. I <laughs> Without a doubt. Okay. I am, I am excited that, that we were able to have this episode. Ryan, I, I appreciate it. Thank you for being so open. And, and I love some of those answers and discussion with you. Until next week, be safe. Y'all come back now. You hear 